open for Snoop at this thing called um, uh, Salute the Troops earlier this year. And where's that? It was in it was like near Irvine area. Okay. And Before I'm not kidding. Can I scoot you in a little bit? Is that of course, possible? of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to get you closer to the mic. Yeah, no worries. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so I opened for Snoop, and the funny part about it was literally um, the entire event had maybe maximum the whole time 10 people in this humongous room. Then Snoop's night came up. It was a three-day event, two-day event. Snoop's night came up, and I somehow managed to get myself, because everyone's like, we're going to get you to open here, we're going to get you to come on as one of the first, which means I would have been performing for like maybe five people. I'm not kidding. And somehow I ended up finding a way, and I I went to like through Snoop's guys, you know, talk to them. I mean, hustle, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to perform right before Snoop. They're like, yeah, but we got these guys. And you know who was before Snoop? Cold War Kids. Oh, wow. Col- no, not Cold War Kids, Capital Cities. So it was Cold War Kids, Capital Cities, and then Snoop. So I'm like, can you guys push Capital Cities and Cold War Kids down, right, and have me perform? And they're like, no, that's never going to happen. I'm like, please, you got to, you got to let the, it. I've got to be there before Snoop because it will, it will lighten them. It'll, it'll. And this crowd, they need some enlightenment. They need some inspiration. And well, look at me, I'm missing an arm. I mean, I'm perfect for this. <laughs> and this is salute the troops. It's very yeah, for sure, it stuff, resonates. Right? Hits the- so it resonates. And uh, and you have and one of the guys, some big big guy. I don't know what his name is, but a big guy. Just, they just look at him. And he just come, looks down and he goes, yeah, that's it. No, nothing, just, yeah. They're like, all right, we're doing it. So they put me in the slot right after Capital Kids. And I'm like, this is awesome, Capital Kids. And then me, right? And I open for Snoop. I do two songs. That's it. Yeah. That's all I needed, two songs. Quick 10 minutes. That's it. Walked off stage. Snoop comes on. Snoop saw the performance. He's like, this is awesome, whatever he needs. And then I ended up kind of... Uh, getting getting in touch with this guy james philippin who's a part of the camp and um he's got this thing called uncle snoop's army and they're doing this whole thing happening right it's awesome like we want to support you whatever it is and then before you knew it sorry before you knew it before you knew it i'm uh i'm uh i call him up i said listen i'm doing this event and it's the launch of my non-profit but not just my non-profit it's also the relaunch of emmanuel kelly right but I need, I want Snoop Dogg. And he's like, why would you have Coldplay, Chris Martin of Coldplay, and then Snoop Dogg? That just doesn't make yeah. sense. That's the ultimate. I go, because my nonprofit and me as a brand, Emmanuel Kelly, is all about creating equality, diversity, and inclusion. What better act to have than the complete opposite to a Coldplay or Chris Martin, right? And he's like, you know what? You make a good point. So you got this super white English guy, right? You got an Arab, me, Australian, right? right? Mm-hmm. Well, I could be from anywhere. I was found in a box in a park. So, so we'll get into that. But, um, but then you got an Arab, right? Doing an event at a Jewish house, right? A yeah. Jewish house, okay? With an urban artist as well. I mean, figure that out. Literally the ultimate. I mean, you got... Arabs, Jews, white, and urban. And brothers. Mushed in together. Sign of the times. Sign of the times. We're brothers. And that's the reality. I've never thrown an event in my life before. I've never produced an event in my life before. I've never even hosted an event in my life before. Everyone does it for me. And it's been me and two other guys that's done this. Three, technically, but two, right? James Philippin, who's Snoop's guys, they've helped, right? And then you've got big time. And then you've got Chris Martin's team who've, you know, assisted in areas that need to be assisted in. And you've got Dominic Carms, who has his company, Given, which I think I told you about, yeah. GVNG. And they, 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 they're a technology company. And the three of us have pulled this miracle event. And by the way, 24 hours ago, we didn't have a house. No, no, no. Yeah, we were looking... <laughs> That's how it works. And you said, hold on, and you said, and you go, I, I'm not a producer. And I said, listen to just the last three minutes from speaking. You're like, you put it together. We put it together. Yeah, you produce it. You're producing it. Sound like a producer to me. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you're that. Handling your shit. That's it. I'll go by the Hollywood, t- typical Hollywood title. I'm a 
producer, uh, actor, musician, uh, singer, uh, model, philanthropist. Uh, philanthropist. Uh, I'll, I'll just have all these titles, huh? Yeah. Nah, look, and I think that's the reality of it, right? We're living in an age where you can have hundreds of titles, and the only title that really matters is the title that's inside of you, right? I'm Emmanuel Kelly, and I'm making something that I think, and I hope that the world will remember for the entire year. And I hope that this, what we're creating and me making it in this industry, elevates, elevates people's consciousness to another level, to a level where they don't look at that person because he's got a beard and think, ah, oh, he's a redneck, right? Or, ah, oh, that guy with tattoos, they're probably rough and they're, they're, don't, don't do business with them, right? Or this guy over here because he was in the streets, you know, three weeks ago, he's probably got nothing on him, right? Whatever it is, right? Or this guy, because he's missing an arm and a leg and all this sort of shit. Yeah, he wouldn't get girls or he and he can't do this. So, you know, he's not going to pull it together an event. This is not going to happen. You know what? Anything's possible. Yeah, here we go. Anything's possible. And we need to stop judging people by the way we look. That's the problem with our societies. We judge. We think that your look determines your ability. And instead, it should be your ability that should determine your look. That's deep. You know? That's deep. Yeah. So we're here at the Space Between, and we want to express our gratitude for you coming out. Mm. We're here with Emmanuel Kelly. Yeah. Uh, What's up? A super, super talented individual who has overcome things that we can't even imagine to get where he is today. And I can't wait to see where he gets tomorrow. I mean, we're very grateful we're to have to you here. about to find out. Yeah, you. we are. We're tomorrow, to literally out. tomorrow, actually, yeah. speaking of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel has an event tomorrow night that's going to be amazing. You want to tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, like, I have an event tomorrow afternoon, which is the one we just talked about. Um, it's for my no- launch of my nonprofit and, and relaunch of Emmanuel Kelly, just me as a person. <coughs> kind of, It's kind of a, a place. You know what? It's a, it's a space in between itself. In, right. in that sense, right? And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but, and I'll explain it. Why? Because we're creating a space for people to feel free to remember and, and realize that their ability will determine their look, not the other way around. And so, um, you know, the idea of this nonprofit is to create equality, diversity, and inclusion within the arts world by providing large and small scale grants as well as large and small-scale mentorship programs, which I'm thrilled about because we're going to have amazing mentors. I'm going to get you as a mentor. I've spoken to you, but it's going to be amazing, right? And some amazing people are going are gonna to mentor young minority groups. doesn't matter where you... And the best part about it is doesn't matter where you're from, you will be taken care of as long as you're looking at an opportunity to create a project or you are the project that will create awareness um, for equality, diversity, and inclusion. And we'll support you, you. We'll fund you. We'll lift you. If you're a nonprofit, <coughs> we'll support you. We'll fund you. We'll mentor you if you need it. Whatever it is. It can be a business, a company, an individual, an artist. We're looking at those individuals. We're focusing in the arts world um, to start with, but eventually the idea and the vision is to expand to out branch completely out. And, and be the bridge between other nonprofits to come together and start working together more, you know? And so that's the that's the event tomorrow. It's it's going to be launching. Chris Martin from Coldplay's performing. Sure, I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Snoop Dogg's performing. Some of our guests. Uh, I mean, it's insane. We've got some of our guests include like Martin Lawrence, Akon. Uh, um, uh, you know, Chris obviously is coming. Uh, Chuck Litterdale or whatever that Chuck guy's Liddell, name. Yeah. Chuck Liddell. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. coming. I mean, Luke Rockhold. Uh, We've got people from the entertainment world and the uh, the arts world, you know, kind of joining us, and 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 boxing world, and Oscar De La Hoya is coming. Like it's 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 going to be epic. That's cool. Be epic. That's great. It's That's gonna, amazing. What time epic. is that event tomorrow? The event is on. It starts from one and ends at six. Here, okay, here we go. I just actually got a text, and I'm allowed to announce these, which is amazing. So if you want me to, Anthony Anderson. Um, uh, Bob Bisno, um, Michael Hale, uh, Janet Jackson. She's cool. Um, yeah, tons of people. Who is she again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Miss Jackson, exactly. if you're nasty. Exactly. For real. 
It's insane. It's insane. That's you know great. any of these names? I don't know. I can't even read. Yeah. Do you know any of these names? Yeah, no, I, I need my readers. Wow, you guys are that blind? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. Really it trips bad. me up. If I don't have my glasses, I start to... Well, put your glasses on. Yeah. Tell me if you know these names, because I don't know these names. I'm, I think I'm too young. Dude. So, so how do you guys, Brother. how did you guys get to know each other? How did you meet? We met on Tinder, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some wild shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, who who swiped left first? Or, or I right? swiped. Yeah, right. I'm the giver. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he just he, he saw my hands and he's like, "Wow, he must have. He's that's got some gifts. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Got some gifts. I wonder how this hand is going. <laughs> yeah, we got rollerblades. It was on. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Now, how did we meet? It was we to ended up. It was here. Yeah, through a friend. And uh, trying to think of the person, the guy's name, but we ended up at a. It was a woman. It was Rose. Ro- it was Rose, but Rose. through this, this other guy from the Dogon tribe. I'm trying to think of his name. Connected you to Rose. Yeah, that said, it was started talking about Rose. It. Then how did I meet Rose though? I met Rose, I think, through another friend of mine, Candace Barr, and then Rose, and then I came here. Yeah, we, that's why you were here, and we started talking about because we were just talking about doing the the project Acon, but I really wasn't sure what was happening i was just trying to get something done i got a download to do the project and emmanuel kelly shows up and you know i was like floored by the story um but so many things had happened in between them we had damien marley and and uh akon and we were supposed to do it at the greek and it was a year ago and just so many different things happened between then fire honestly everything i think everything that space in between which is what right. you guys do right yeah. in between that space was everything you could possibly imagine to not connect us back together like we should not i mean was, technically speaking we shouldn't have been able to be connected again it, it was in the first place and even yeah. reconnected akon called me at home and goes hey i need you to do me a favor a friend of mine lost a location for uh, this this gig it's the one we're talking about with chris martin and then mm-hmm. i go but I didn't know yet. So it was Emmanuel Kelly. Yeah, he goes, you got to call my buddy. Um, uh, what's Ken. Ken. Ken, what's Ken Rutowski. Rutowski. From Metal. So I, I go, okay, I call him up. He goes, it's my friend Emmanuel Kelly. I, I, I stopped. I remember I was outside in the dirt. And I go, what? He goes, Emmanuel Kelly. I go, I know, I know. I wait, I heard you. So I go, let me, I got to get his number. I was like, I got to see him. So it was just so random because then it was like how did that happen yeah that came straight from my in the acons thing into my room and i <laughs> called them and i was like yo i gotta talk to you now <laughs> yeah i gotta talk to you right now that's great yeah, yeah and you guys were considering doing it at the house where we did the the other thing right with jeff goldblum no oh yeah well we just it was just we were trying to figure out a, a way to get uh, their location because he's performing tomorrow yeah so we went and checked out yeah we, we did the the old art show yeah but um, they found a location, and, and that's awesome. So amazing! Yeah. It was insane. And the but Snoop thing—that's what I was asking. The, the whole the randomness of it. That's why I was saying, how do you the whole Snoop and Snoop is part of the? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually doing. not random He's if playing. you think about it. Energetically, it's all aligned we're perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like we're brothers from another mother. That is that is beyond. Well, then that means we're brothers too because we're all brothers. You know what I mean? I love it. And, all right, there it is. There it is. Now, now, elbow the man. There it is. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's uh, that's how random it is. And then it really I, is. I, I, I wasn't even thinking. You know, the funny thing was, I was still kind of reeling from it. And I had the podcast, and they're like, "Who who you um, who you want to interview? We have to, you know." And I and I didn't think for any other reason. And remember, I went to go see you, and you were speaking, and I knew the story, and I knew it, but just for whatever reason, it. It was just different. Oh, at the at the um, at that little little place in yeah. In because when you're when you're saying it versus if you read about it or you you have your own you know your imagination away what you think or you picture the the story is. But when you're expressing it and you said it, I was like, yo, that just hit me differently. You know, when when it's coming out of your mouth and you're expressing it than reading it. So yeah, I think I mean you know for me I, I we do this a lot right, and I don't do my research all the time. I kind of come here and I don't I necessarily it. expect awesome certain things you know i'm being honest here joey and joey always likes me to be honest and he goes you got to go you got to go sit down and, and and do your research and i mean it almost brought me to tears because of you know obviously the story but just how 
how grateful I was for what I have and what I haven't ha- gone through. You know, I was like, and I complain because my car doesn't move fast enough or my kid doesn't listen when I, you know what I mean? It's really, it's yeah. really a wonderful story. And, and we got to give you a lot of credit for it. it. And you're you. definitely a big, big inspiration um, for a lot of people, I'm sure. Appreciate it, man. And on that Thank note, you. do you want to kind of give us yeah. the rundown? Give Let's us, do it. Yeah, give short, us give a little us bit the, of like the, the version, your version. So I'm, uh, yeah, so my story is... I was originally found in a box in a park in Iraq um, by two soldiers. And this is the story. This is how it goes, right? And these two, two soldiers were shooting at each other. And uh, soldier one hears a, a child cry, a baby cry. Soldier two hears a child, child baby cry. And they both put their guns to the side and they walk towards the box. And when they get to the box, they realize that's definitely a child and they weren't hearing anything and they both looked at each other looked back down picked up the box took it to an orphanage and left it there they left a little note saying we are two soldiers we were uh, sorry we are two soldiers from two opposite sides this boy saved us save him that simple never saw the soldiers again they knocked on the door Uh, nuns picked us up and obviously, you know, that, that, the, 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 oh, and we found this boy in, in a, in a park, right? That was it, right? In this box in a park. That was it. And, uh, for the next seven years at this orphanage, at the Mother Teresa orphanage where they bought me, for the next seven years, I was raised there. And every day, I mean, we'd have bullets crossing the wall and, you know, that one, every day we'd have to think, okay, well, we can't play that side because that's where most of the bullets are going. So let's play over here so we don't get shot. We'd have to go up this hill, about this steep, right? And uh, that hill was filled with landmines and we would have to go up the hill. My brother and I, not my biological brother, but my brother, we would go up this hill and we would um, get a bucket of water and bring it down the hill. And we'd have to dodge all the landmines. Like it was insane, right? When I was about five years old, my brother, I mean, my brother was doing this uh, from the day, like from, I think, the age of maybe seven or eight. He was changing their diapers. He was feeding these the kids in the orphanage. Like, he was doing all that. When I turned five, I started doing the same thing, changing kids' diapers. I was, you know, feeding them. I mean, it was insane. I was a 30-year-old at the age of five. I was a parent at the age of five, right? It's it's insane. But the mind is an extraordinary thing, right? So anyway, uh, cut an awesomely long uh, story short, um, uh, we're we're at the orphanage and um, on top of experiencing executions, seeing executions, Ah. almost getting executed on a number of occasions. I mean, the whole package... um, we, we, on top of all that, we were stuck in this orphanage and we had nowhere to go. And our minds thought that the rest of the world was exactly like this. So we had this perception in our heads that the world is this. It's a pretty wild thing to have at six years old or five yeah. years old. But on the other side of the world, this woman, Moira Kelly, <coughs> in Albania, humanitarian, worked with Mother Teresa. I mean, she's incredible. She now owns land in the Gaza Strip, and she's building a garden and 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 and, and um, area of, of safe haven for the the Palestinians and the Israelis as well to kind of congregate, and that's their place, right? That's the safe zone. I mean, she's incredible. She hears about my brother and I, and in her, uh, this nun comes up to her and she says, "I can't do Albanian accents, but I'm assuming this nun was." Let's say this nun was just Russian, right? She goes, Moira, do you have some vodka? No, she didn't say that. She said, <laughs> she said, uh, she said, uh, Ya Moira, this is Snoop. You got some? No. <laughs> um, no, she says, uh, she says, Moira, there's these two boys and uh, they need your help. And she, mom goes, okay. Well, Moira goes, all right, sister, no worries. Where are they? And uh, the sister goes, oh, they're in uh, in Baghdad. Mum goes, sis, the only Baghdad I know of is in Iraq and Australia. Now I'm assuming it's Australia, which is great if it is. And Mum goes, no, 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 it's in 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 Baghdad, in Iraq. She goes, sister, are you mentally insane? 
And she goes, no, I am not. And mum goes, well, sister, I'm in Albania. Iraq is on the other side of the world. I'm a very white woman. It's going to be very difficult to get into that country. And she wasn't right. I mean, she wasn't wrong. It was insanely difficult. Took her like six months. Finally, she gets her visa and everything to go through. And she gets in. And I remember three days before this woman comes to the orphanage, I remember hearing three days before, there is a woman, she's coming to help you. And in my head, I remember thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be amazing. I sat on a window ledge for three days straight, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Eventually, she arrived. And I looked down that window ledge and, and, and the window. And I looked down on the street, and I saw this blonde woman, blue eyes, white dress. I remember thinking three things. One, is she an angel? And was I dreaming? Right? Two, can she and will she help us? And three, how the hell did this white woman get in this country? <laughs> right? I mean, she was white, freckles yeah, and all. No, like, no. she was insanely no. white. <laughs> and she comes inside. And she gives us the day of our life. We sung this uh, this welcome song, hearty welcome that we'd learned. I mean, imagine six-year-old six-year-old Emmanuel. I mean, you're seeing man Emmanuel right now, but imagine six-year-old Emmanuel right, singing this song, hearty welcome. And uh, the song goes something along these lines. I think I still remember. It goes, hearty welcome, hearty welcome, hearty, hearty welcome, hearty, hearty welcome. I'm doing Child Emmanuel's voice. That's right. Hearty, hearty welcome, hearty, hearty welcome, welcome, kumbaya. And she's like, this is adorable, right? I mean, I look back at it and I'm like, that is adorable. That can't be me. And then I remember, nope, that's me. I've just gone from adorable to handsome. That's all that's happened. Um, but anyways, so she comes in and we're, we're, we're checking everything out and she's checking everything out and she's looking at my brother and I. Takes us out for the day. For the first time ever, we get out of the orphanage and we, we, we beyond the walls and the fences of the orphanage. For the first time ever, we step out. How old and, are you, sir? Hey? How old? Six. Five or six years old. Yeah, around five or six, right? Um, probably about five and a half, to be honest. And uh, and we we step outside, and we start looking at everything, and we 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 start seeing Iraq as Iraq, and we start seeing beautiful parts, we start seeing bad parts. I mean, we see just crazy stuff. Um, on top of what we had seen, I mean, this is another part of the world that we'd never seen in our lives before. And we go to the river of Babylon. I mean, it's amazing. She talks about, you know, giving us a new life and, you know, working on, on trying to help us and, um, you know, t- just talking, right? Communicating. And for the first time ever, I felt like I belonged. This woman was just giving all this love that she had. She takes us back to the orphanage. My brother then looks at her and he says, um, Moira, Moira. Can you help us? I don't understand why, but my brother had an Indian accent. It made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, but he had a perfect Indian accent. And he's like, Moira, can you help us? <laughs> and mum goes, I'll do my best. And Auntie Moira says, I'll do my best, Ahmed. I'll do my best. And he goes, well, if you cannot help Emmanuel and I, both of us, right, then take Emmanuel and maybe come back for me another time. He said, Maybe. At the start of this, I said, my brother isn't my biological brother. We have this mindset that blood, it's, it's thicker than water, right? Everyone always says blood is thicker than water, blood is thicker than water, blood is thicker than water. Holds, you know, family is family, we hold together, right? We're blood. A lot of people don't realize that there's actually one thing that's thicker than water and blood. And that's love. Yeah. It's that simple. Love is the only thing thicker than blood. The only thing. It holds people together. It creates family. Love literally is the reason we have blood. So um, my brother had so much love for me that he was willing to sacrifice his opportunity, his opportunity to be saved, his life for a kid that was in the orphanage 
And we're living in a world and in a society where everyone's always about surviving. You've got to survive. You, it's the survival of the fittest. And people are willing to, excuse my language, but fuck other people over in order to what? Find a girl that they can love or, you know, uh, to, to hurt someone in order just to achieve a career in their lives. People are willing to do that. Yeah, you got a boy that in every power, in every understanding of society that we're living in, should be looking out for one person. Who's that one person? Himself. Yeah, self. Yeah. But instead, the way he saw the world was in order to help himself, he needs to help me. I asked him once, I said, why'd you do that? He goes, because I knew I knew that when you made it, when you were at a point, you'd come back for me. Mum heard that. Aunty Moira heard what he said about take a manual. Right? And in that moment, any mother, if you're a mother or a father or a sister or a brother, whatever, right? anyone in that moment would turn around and be like, I'm not just helping one. I'm getting them both. And it's not, it's, both of them or nothing it's both of them and both of them like there is no nothing yeah she hustled her ass off two and a half years i mean there was an arrest by interpol the whole package she got us out two years got That's us out nuts just getting us from iraq to um jordan was like hurt locker meets argo have you ever seen hurt locker <laughs> yeah, of course. meets argo have you seen argo yeah it's insane, right? So she gets us out. We arrive at Jordan. We get on a plane. We fly. We're, we're good as gold. We stop in Germany and Austria. We're wild. We're seeing the world. Cultural changes. I'm having a heart attack seeing girls with, with tank tops and, and shorts. <laughs> yeah. My brother's... There's my brother's my brother. There's stuff happening to my brother because he's at that age where he's starting to know what's going... Like, yeah. kind of not understand because he's got no clue, but his body, his internals are like, what's happening here? Right. And me, I'm just having a heart attack as a seven-year-old because I'm not at that point where yeah. things should happen i'm just at seven and i'm thinking this is terrible this is wrong right yeah. she shouldn't be wearing a tank top she can't be driving that's bad right shit like that i mean yeah. it was crazy we arrive in australia i remember think uh, remember going towards and this is one of the reasons why i started the non-profit virtuoso and non trying to take away the judgment judgment now don't judge a book by its cover you heard that i'm trying mm -hmm. to do that right i arrive Doors open, I walk through, and I'm, you know, you know super confident. And I, I, I'm not walking, right? I'm in this tricycle, right? And this tricycle had uh, a blue wheels, a green, green, um, uh, sorry, a, a yellow, uh, a yellow, yellow seat with um, blue and red uh, handlebars, right? So I'm, I'm riding this, this along, and I'm going, right? <laughs> and I'm going towards this way. But mum goes towards, no offense, you guys. Mum goes towards these guys that kind of look like you except wider, right? Wider versions. Right. Tattoos. The difference is they had his beard. Right. Right? So imagine wider versions of you guys with his beard. It was insane. Tank tops and twice the size of both of you. Big boys. Mum goes towards them. I'm thinking, well, maybe she's going past them because there's a family behind them and it looked really nice and beautiful. But there was a family on this side. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Had it all, right? Suits. Honestly, it looked like a beautiful Mormon or Catholic family, right? Right. And I specifically say those two because it just looked like that, right? right? And I'm thinking to myself, all right, I'm going to go this way. So I start walking towards this family over here. And, uh, <laughs> and my, or like a Jewish family, right? And so, so I start walking towards this side, right? And we're all good. And they had freckles and everything, but just, just they looked the part. They looked like her. <laughs> and then she walks towards this side. She goes, I'm Eddie Manuel. It's this way. And we're like, no, 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 it's this way. This is your family, right? They have blonde hair, blue eyes. My brother literally looks at her and he goes, Blonde hair, blue eyes, brothers, right? 
She goes, no, 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 we're this way. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we start walking towards them. We thought, you know, maybe it's the family behind them because they looked similar. And so we're going towards this family and then she stops. She goes, Armand Emmanuel, meet my brothers. And we're like, uh, can we, and I looked at her, I go, can we go back to Iraq? They're very scary. <laughs> and she goes, you just came from one of the scariest places on earth. You're looking at my, they're very scary. <laughs> That's literally what was, and I said that. She goes, no, they're my brothers, boys. Oh, shit. And I'm just like, anyway. And in that moment, I realized, you know what? Don't judge a book by its cover because those guys were the nicest people you'll ever meet. I mean, they were awesome. Fun, beautiful, just charismatic. It was just amazing, right? Yeah. It just shows. Everyone, we're constantly judging. And it, it was the first lesson I learned not to judge. But I did it again. I get in the car. And it's a big van and I get in and I looked at this woman and I said, excuse me, who drive this car? She goes, I am. I go, no, 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 misunderstand. Who drive this car? She goes, I am. I go, no, no, you not speak English. She goes, I, I do speak English. I'm from Australia, young boy. And I go, no, no, Australia not speak English. She's, you're freaking Iraqi and you don't speak English? I don't speak English? <clears throat> yes, you not speak English. And she goes, and I go, who drive this car? And we went on in this for about a good five, 10 minutes. Eventually she turns around and she goes, I am, so shut up. Kind of jumped and I'm like, oh, sorry. She goes, now, young man, I'm your grandmother. I'm like, oh my God, she's a scary woman, <laughs> right? The next day she brings me, uh, the next, she drives the car, by the way. And the next day she wakes me up really early. It's like 7 a.m. and I've just traveled. She wakes me up. She says, now, young man, we're going to have a, a little conversation. So I walk out. Oh, I don't walk. I just I scoot against the floor. I scoot to the to the front porch. porch, And uh, she gives me a cup of tea for the first time. I taste what a cup of tea is. Everyone's had tea, right? But for the first time ever in my life, I had tea. You figure that out for seven years. I've never touched tea. <laughs> Simple thing like tea. Yeah, basics. All right. So I'm sitting there and uh, she looks at me and she goes, now, young man, is the tea good? Yep. She gives me some shortbread. She has it. She goes, now, young man, is the shortbread good? And she goes, good. Now that your stomach is full and you feel good and you, you, know, you have some sweet stuff in your system, you need to learn the most important lesson you will ever learn in your life. I said, yes, ma yes, grandma. She goes, for now, you call me ma'am. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she goes, you need to learn that women run this world in this country, not men. And I looked at her, I go, yes, ma'am. <laughs> she goes, you remember that, right? And I'm just like, yes, ma'am. And obviously, I'm just terrified, right? I walk back inside and I have lunch and my lunch was spaghetti bolognese. I learned how to eat spaghetti bolognese for the first time. Like it took me three hours to learn how to eat it. This woman, Moira Kelly, had pure tough love inside of her. She taught me how not, not only to be kind, but also to be loving towards, to, 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 to be tough towards myself and others. I mean, she taught me the values that every kid should learn. I mean, it was powerful, right? So I had all these life-altering things in my life at this point, right? And then it came to my first surgery. I had my first surgery, then I had my second, then I had my third, then I had my fourth, then I had my fifth, then I had my sixth. Eventually, I had my sixth. By the time I was 17, I had six surgeries. And when I was 17, I, I did high school, the whole package, right? I auditioned for Australia's Got Talent. It was because of those early lessons, I not only learned willpower, determination, I learned how to fight for what I believe I have the right to. I mean, to the point that mum one day said to me, Emmanuel, you need to look for something else instead of acting because I don't think you'll make it. You know, people were, she was right. People will typecast you and all this sort of stuff. Then her cousins and her friends and her family would say to me, Emmanuel, 
you know, you want to be a singer, it's, it's not going to happen. No one like you has ever made it before. And one in a billion make it. And I go, oh, hang on, go back. And I was 15 at the time. Go back. She goes, I said, repeat what you just said. One in a billion? No, before that. No one like you has made it before. I go, stop. Exactly. There's been actors, there's been speakers that are, you know, differently abled or have disabilities. But name me one pop artist or commercial pop success that is physically, noticeably differently abled. <coughs> yeah, you got people like Andrea Pacelli or Stevie Wonder. I get that. But you put a pair of glasses on, you won't know they're in their plane. You wouldn't know they're, they're, they're blind. Yeah. You wouldn't. But you put me on a stage, you, you'll notice immediately. You'll see the hands, you'll see the legs, you'll see the way I walk on stage. You notice instantaneously, right? They, literally, you can, remember how I said from the start, your look determines your ability, right? Literally what labels and entertainment industries have constantly done is they've, even if you're slightly overweight, like Adele or whoever it is, right? You're a plus size, right? Even if you're at that point, Megan Trainer, people like that, right? There's tons of names, right? We can name them. Uh, the, 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 the tenors, uh, um, uh, the opera tenors, I mean, people like that, right? They've still managed to create some kind of perfect persona around them. They've rebranded them in order to look the part. You can't do a lot here. <laughs> yeah. These hands aren't going. I mean, what, you're going to put a... A metal hand. I mean, it's still going to be noticeable. You can't change this. This is who I am. Yeah, you may be able to change this, but you cannot change this. Right. And so in that moment, I had an epiphany. I looked at them and I said, I'll be the first. I looked at them and I said, I'll be the first. They laughed. Two years later, I auditioned for, uh, sorry, a year later, I auditioned for Australia's Got Talent. Don't make it in. Audition for Australia's Got Talent again. Don't make it in. Audition for X Factor. I make it in. And by the way, before you get to the lives, there's four auditioning stages. Excuse me. Four auditioning stages before the live auditions. It's insane. How are you getting there? Every time you're going, were you having some mum, forced yeah? mum to take me. I was me. thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. She believed in me. Deep down inside, she believed no, in me. No, that's beautiful. But she was terrified that I was going to get let down. Right like every mother and i I, th I thought to myself you know this is this is you know the, the, I'm, i made it into the lives i'm gonna do this i get to the live auditions and i'm ready i'm gonna sing uh, home by michael buble everything happens that saying everything happens for a reason i don't think everything happens for a reason i think everything happens um in the time it's supposed to happen. And there may be reasons in this, sorry, I'll rephrase that. Everything happens for a reason, but those reasons are sometimes not known in this lifespan. It could be known in the next generation yeah. or yeah. the next lifespan, right. right? But everything happens for a reason. So I'm ready to sing Home by Michael Bublé. I'm at X Factor, I'm ready. I'm about to go on stage. 15 minutes before I go on stage, they said, Emmanuel, you ready for uh, Imagine by John Lennon? I said, no, I'm doing Home by Michael Bublé. And they're like, no, no, you're doing Imagine. I said, you're joking. That, that's not what I'm doing. And they go, no one called you? They were supposed to call you a week ago and let you know. I'm like, no, no one called me. They go, all right, cool. He turns the computer around. And he goes, you got five minutes. Looked at the lyrics. I haven't sung this song since I was 11 years old. But it was also the first song that you learned to sing. That I learned to sing in Australia. Yeah, and you sang the shit out of it too, by the way. So, thanks, brother. <laughs> no, you did. I mean, that's one of the things that peeled my, my that drove me nuts in there because yeah. that song means a lot to us as well. When we went to Agape, they sang it. Yeah. So he was, he was in there for, he was tripping. He was like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he called his it, well, it's like that thing. It's that connection, yeah. you know, and that's why we're all here. Is well, that, that's that, yeah, you were saying earlier? Connection. It's it's a it's a soul connection. So no, there's no soul that's disabled. 
No, you know, there's no soul, so sure, you're all soul, no. and we're here connecting in a soul, you know, 100%, situation. So 100%. that's that's. And you know what? Yeah, the world sees me as an inspiration, but I'm also just a normal it's guy. A normal dude. Completely. Yeah. I am genuinely a normal guy, and I say this to everyone that's listening to hearing. I am a normal guy. I swear. I like girls. I'm sometimes too handsy. I'm <laughs> like every 25. No, you first came with you're, right? tw- you're 25? <laughs> I'm 25. I am a normal person. I am not God. I am not Jesus. I'm not I'm not anything beyond the person you see. Because at the end of the day, we are all special, unique, and 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 powerful in our own right. But we're also normal. Now, I will say this. What quantifies normal? There is nothing that quantifies normal. Everyone is just you. Yeah, that's right. You are you. And you get to determine what is your normal. This, what you see, is my normal. That's my normal. That's who I am. Right? The girl that I have in in my life, she's my normal. Right? Everyone can create their own normal. But we live in a society where we're constantly selecting what is normal and what is not normal. Now, a, 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 a human being who is completely brain dead, they don't know what is normal and what isn't normal. But their family see them as normal. So therefore, they quantify that relationship as normal. And who are we to judge? We don't have the right. At the end of the day, it's none of your business. It's none of your business, and it certainly is none of my business what other people think of me or you. Yeah. It's only my business what I think of me. And if I love myself, I embrace this normal, and I embrace who I am, (laughs) shit, man, anything's possible. When you think about it, everybody searching for what you have, like, think it, like, just listen to the, the way you move through the world. I mean, everybody else is freaking out, finding reasons, pointing to things. I any do that. reason. I do it. To, to, yeah, maybe, but <laughs> you're getting shit done. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, we had a first world problem uh, doing this event. I had no house to do it at, no venue. Yeah. That genuinely is a first world problem, right? So, yes, there is no problem. I always say, there is no problem that is worse and there is no problem that or there and there is no one that is better than anyone else your problem your gifts your talents you are as good as you want yourself to be and your problems are as bad as you choose them choose for them to be yeah, that's right if you choose for them to be bad in that moment then fine allow it let it out get it out of your fucking system excuse my language again Right, and when it's out, it's out. Yeah, that's deep. That's really deep. I got a message this morning from Muggs when I woke up, and he said, "You today is the first day of the rest of your life. You're one day closer to death. So what the f are you gonna do about it?" And I was like, I hopped out of bed immediately, and I was like, I'm getting out of bed. That's tough, you know. And and to that, you know, like how bad your problems are, like Mm -hmm. the secret in all these films. They tell you the more you focus on a problem, the bigger it becomes. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, 100%. It's like, and Joey, literally before you got here, was explaining to me about how the, the things that he's had to go through over the last month or the last six months or the last year, most people might be paralyzed or crippled by those mentally or, or, or emotionally, but he, he was able to turn those into motivators and into, well, I'm going to even say turn it. It just happened that way. Like it's just the choice he made or the choice that was made for him to use those as, 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 as fuel, you know, to go in the other yeah. direction. I will say this, though, uh, with, with that in mind, I will say this. There are, um, I guess you want to call them disabilities or different abilities. There are people in this world where their, their brains are wired in a certain way. Joey, your brain is wired in a, in a way. I'm sure when you went through the situation that you did, your brain rewired itself to be negative, to get frustrated. And now you've rewired yourself to actually get to that point. There are so many people that have been wired in a certain way, unfortunately, since they were kids or things like that. And, you know, that's where things like clinical depression comes in and things like that, right? 
I say this to them. You have the ability, and as hard as it is, you have the ability to choose people around you to help you rewire that brain. And there is people in this world that are in the clinical world, medical world, their sole purpose that they've created for them their lives is to help you rewire your brain to think in a more positive light. So I don't want to belittle their their struggles. I'm not belittling anyone's struggles and I certainly don't want to do that, right? What I say to that is your struggles are your own struggles and they are just as important as everyone else's struggles. And you have the ability just like everyone else to fight those struggles. Yeah. Are you going to be speaking on the or part of the panel at the event? Yep. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm telling you, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. And then when he's he perform we, yeah, and uh, yeah, he's performing. But I went to see him. The way we got connected again, it was just the same way because I was I don't I don't know what it I don't see those things. And even when he talks, I don't, I don't think about the story. The story is amazing, right? Yeah. But it's different. I see him. I feel like I've seen him a thousand years or two thousand. Even I look through his head, like it's like I look at his eyes. I could see. I feel him. Yeah. So I wasn't even putting that together. Even you see, I'm lit up right now. Yeah. It's just, you know, like I. I, I was I was in a state of shock when he said his name. Seriously, I was just like, yo, this is really fuck. This is fucking happening, you know. And and. And then when I heard, you know, you hear, so he said, hey, I'm, 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 I thought you were performing. You did, but I thought, I wasn't really sure what it was, but I, I was going anyways. But he sat down and he, he, he just said the story. And when he expressed it, I did, I, it was like, it just hit me different. You know, it just, I was like, because he was already going to perform. So I already knew that, okay, he's going to perform. But then when I saw you, like, will you speak? We, you know. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, the whole. The, I don't mean to be so broken up. I'm just thinking about the whole thing. I'm just. It's amazing. I mean, it's overwhelming thing. to yeah. a certain extent, it but is. it's amazing. <clears throat> but I, what, what, well, the reason I asked the question is because the way you break it down seems so simple to understand, you know. But we, we talk about these things so much with so many different people, and everyone has an angle or a perspective. Yeah. But when you bring it to the simplest form, and that's the thing. it sounds great because do you know what because it is simple right you've got all these clinical psychologists all these amazing people don't get me wrong doctors and they are the people that i just said dedicated their like their purpose is to help right problem with that is i'm 25 i'm intelligent in certain areas but i'm not technically intelligent like when i say in te technically intelligent i am not a person who will sit there and understand all these different little neurons going here, this happening there, this happening. No. The reality is I understand one thing and one thing only. Do I have the ability to rewire the way I think? To rewire my brain? To rewire my journey? To rewire the direction I go? Yes. Yeah, your reaction. All the of reaction. that. Everything. Do I have the ability to shift my life? Yes. Now, yeah. <laughs> there are yeah. people that have started in really bad circumstances. Myself, right? I had a lot of I had I had I had things in my life that 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 allowed me to achieve what I'm achieving. Don't get me wrong. I had luck, I had things like that. Some people would call it luck, some people would call it I mission, whatever it is. What I call it is manifestation. See, as a child, since I could even remember uh, to talk from the ages of two and onwards, in my head, literally in Iraq, I knew and I pushed for it that one day someone, one person, I didn't know if it was going to be a man or a woman, but I knew it would be one person, would come to this place and they would take my brother and I out. I knew. I just, and I said it every day. I looked at myself. I said, it's going to happen. And I said, it's going to happen today. And when it didn't happen today, that's fine. I said, it's going to happen today. And it didn't happen today, that's fine. I said it for six years, seven years. Yeah, you know what? Now, I said it, or five years. Now right? that I think about it, when I watched the video of you doing the welcome song, there's a look in you guys' eyes. It was like, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And I mean that, and it's really like, if you look at it, you're sitting there looking up at the knew. camera, and it was like, I thought we you were knew here. from the very beginning. Yeah, we knew. you could see it. You could see it. Children are very powerful. You know why? Because children 
have something that adults lose when they become adults. That's the ability to truly manifest your future because children have zero worries regardless of what the worries are. And they have pure hope all the time. They push towards that hope. And we have parents in our society who are depleting that hope in so many ways. If your kid believes in tooth fairies until the age of 12, you allow him to. <laughs> forget, forget, forget what psychologists say it's not healthy. No, it is healthy because you know what happens? That child has a, a reality. He's created or her have created a reality in their brains that magic can be created and they have the ability to act upon that magic whatever that magic looks like it may not be a tooth fairy the reality is though what they're doing is they're manifesting i know it sounds crazy and tech and 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 bit wild and outside the box but they're manifesting they're manifesting hope they're manifesting a different kind of tooth fairy. Yeah. You see Yogi Bhajan. You see a tooth real, fairies, I see Yogi Bhajan. <laughs> so, a realistic version of a tooth fairy. So, Joey, can you... My mum uh, is my fairy, my my fairy godmother. Right. Right. Can you tell them a story about Joey trying to... Or who was trying to fly? What's up? Um, it was uh, Chaz. And Chaz, uh, he was jumping off like a, a high high thing. A wall. He was jumping off a wall. And he was saying he was jumping off, and he's like, "I could fly, I could fly." And the guy came up, and and I guess maybe wasn't paying attention. I was doing something. He said, "Your kid, you know, he can't fly." You know, he said something about him not flying, and and I looked at him. I'm like, "Look, man, don't tell my kid he can't fly because he might, if he keeps trying." hard enough he, he may fly yeah and he that was a, a way to fly yeah. and so that that understanding of the you know and sometimes kids the only thing they have in their situation is having their imagination to escape so th one of the biggest things is it also w when you go into schools and curriculums that they pull out art and music and things that for to kids to keep to to open them up and open their hearts up and that's a problem you know that's that's something that they should not do whatsoever so the kids imagination it's powerful yeah, so yeah. let them let them and yeah they're going to get to a point in their age because of friends and people at school where they're going to realize oh there isn't actually a real tooth fairy but you know what i believe in magic i believe in magic yeah for sure and you know what they'll manifest opportunity there's a man in 2001 or two or maybe three who came to a bunch of investors, and one of the investors I know, and he said, listen, I want to sell books online. Okay. He goes, you joking? He goes, yeah. He goes, how? What, they're gonna come out of the where the floppy disks are? Or, like, how is that even gonna be possible? No, this is stupid. Do you know where that man is today? Really? He's worth $140 billion, and his name is? <laughs> He's like, uh, Elon? No. Or Bill Gates? No. Who, Come uh, on, guys. No, no. Johnny Amazon? I don't know. Help me out. <laughs> Amazon? Yeah. Oh, Benzo? Give you a clue. Amazon? Benzo. What's his name? Come on. It's not going to come, so just, yeah. just hit, it, hit us over there. I was hoping you guys would say because I went blank for a second. Oh, shit. Oh, um, <laughs> We've been all day. His name is Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Bezos. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, saying yeah. Benzo, Bezos. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he created one of the biggest. Yeah, I mean, I mean he created a giant. Yeah. yeah he because sure he did. had. He had a vision. He had yeah. a dream. He believed that yeah. magic can be created. Yeah, but that goes back to your point where it's like we're taught from an early age to not to not Thank go you. after the dream or the hope or the, you know, you, you're just you're shut down at every turn um, most of the time. I mean, we go to affluent schools and those, those, those programs are there with art and imagination because they have more time and they have more ability to watch the kids or whatever and they're, they're, the yeah. schools are better. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something we talk about a lot on the shows where we need to we need to work on our children here in the United States a lot more to be yeah. to, to win to give them tools to win yeah and that's and just to it. express I think you know the understanding what it is to love yourself right and right when you start for me to understand that is 
was when I was able to start loving people. And it sounds so corny, but really, I didn't really. I had kids, and I was, and I was showing them love. I'm completely, but I didn't truly love myself to where I could express mm-hmm. what I really wanted to do and love everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I felt when I went through that awakening, that that was the catalyst that just opened me up to everything. I felt part of the planet, mm-hmm. you know, and and. To know that that we all have that in us to feel that way to feel so to feel love like it feels weird but it's like a, like love like you said you said it's like a different realm yeah, yeah, yeah. it can change it can move things it's People, thicker than blood and it's, water it is like it on is. another level and it's it's it's, 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 it's its own dimension completely yeah. and to know that we all have that and and can and spread it and 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 just when you to feel that mm. to feel awake to feel that 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 loving feeling it's it's it sounds corny now, like I, I, or it's not a corny before. Now it just feels good. Like I jump into a bucket of love. Like I just want to. Like it's it's like such. It feels so good to wake up and feel that way, you know. And and I just didn't before because I was always tripping on the, the the things what I had to do and da da da. To where I just kind of felt like losing that attachment yeah. to it and truly feeling that I yep. know that I'm not in control. Yeah. Well, I mean, society you know? teaches us to yeah. feel bad about ourselves if we're not rich or if we don't have the best girl or if we don't have the right car or if you beat up the guy down the block you're a bully like so we we're, we're at a deficit already when it comes to how we respect or we love ourselves yeah. and some of the things that joey and i have gone through uh, in our journey have you know kind of if you look at that in retrospect like that wasn't so cool so we're already kind of on, on a downhill slant mm. but it like you what say, you went through some shit yo if you think about that and then th- that's why for me and seeing what you came with with love from where you came from think yeah, about that i was going through I'm, my head i was thinking about like everything like in my head as you were saying it i was thinking you going that road just that and how you got to this seat right here that's some wild shit yeah you're meant to be here you have a bigger purpose mm. <laughs> yo that's how it was so so that's that's what's powerful and now we're doing uh november 15th, november 15th and 16th, 16th. Right. yep we have an event downtown uh akon lighting la uh I'm we excited. got some you got you're gonna perform I snoop am. is gonna dj dj and, snoop and 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 oh paul oakenfold paul yeah. oakenfold yeah yeah and hopefully and you just you just yeah you just he produced a song on your album <laughs> he remixed my yeah he produced one of my songs uh which will be performing that night as well it's called eat us never alone and actually i think we're debuting it that no no i'm debuting it tomorrow okay at my event but privately this will be the first, first public. public yeah uh performance so, so if you're listening come song. out yeah. So yeah, please come out, guys. Come watch us. It's going to be an absolute freaking blast. I heard a rumor. Doing, heard a rumor that Dean May is going to be there. Dean May, yeah. yes, sir, he is. He's, yeah, he's from, yeah, yeah. You know Dean? I've known him for. Ah, oh, he's awesome. He's a great guy. Legendary uh, party planner and pr- promoter and and all that sort of stuff. For clubs, Entrepreneur. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, Dean. Dean is actually the reason I know Paul, which is awesome. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Paul Oakenfold, Akon, Snoopadelic. Uh, Emmanuel Kelly, yes, who else? Right. Joey Natalo. What's yeah. up? We got, mean, a, we got, a, we got an art show as well. I don't know we if got you an know, art show. Amazing. I've been in the art business for a long time, and I've, requ- I've got a lot of my friends coming out. So uh, cool. Some people you may or may not know, but let me let me that's, list off a couple. Really of awesome. Have you heard of Brandon Boyd from Incubus? Yes, So sir. Brandon's going to be in the show. Oh, that's awesome. We got a Banksy that'll be on display. Banksy, that's cool. Uh, Charlie Tuna from Jurassic 5 is actually going to be cool. in the show. I don't know. Cisco Adler, who's a, a Malibu native. Uh, Esteban Oriel is a very famous Los Angeles photographer. Uh, Jeff Hamilton, who did jackets for the Lakers back in the days, an old school dude. Uh, Dave Navarro is actually in the show from Dave Jane's Navarro, Addiction and Chili yeah. Peppers. He's a really, really, uh, he's going cool. pretty aggressive on the art side of things. Uh, we got a board, the Kelly Slater board that Retina painted for us, which, you know, Mr. Brainwash is going to be in it. That's awesome. Mickey Avalon. Oh, really? How did he, how, how, what? I bumped into him at the Mayfair, and that's kind of how this goes. Like, I just see people and I'm like, you're in it. Risky is, is he be still in with Simon Rex? He is. They tour. They're touring pretty aggressively. Dirt nasty. Or? Yep. Shepherd Ferry's going to be in the show. My sponsor, Sean Kushner, uh, Taz, the post, the rock poster god, is going to be in the show. Amanda Sage is going to be in the show. Um, Chaz Guest. Chaz Guest is going to be in the show. 
Dr. Dax, who is the creative director for the Dungeon Family, which is the Outcast crew, um, and Amanda Lynn, who does all the curating for Kaboo. Um, and, you know, big heartfelt shout out to Amanda because we just lost a very good friend of ours, Norm, from our crew uh, last week. So, you know, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're hoping to raise some money. Everything's for sale except for the, the Banksy. Um, and we, you know, I'd love to give you a tour of the art when we're there and oh, show you everything. Because I think you'll enjoy it. I'm going to be hanging out. We're going to do, and I think we're going to do something special afterwards too, right? Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I yeah. want to see with Dean if we can do a, some kind of deal tour afterwards. A VIP do, deal. Yeah, VIP deal at one of the clubs. Nightingale or one of those. Yeah, it'd probably end up being at Doheny, but yeah. That's great. What yeah, I love Doheny. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be like a, a VIP experience after the show with probably myself and hopefully paul and maybe con and we got to talk about it yeah but, we'll get on we'll definitely get into it but it's going to be exciting come to the event guys november 15th and 16th myself performing snoopadelic akon paul oakenfold it's going to be insane um the rev reverend michael beckwith. reverend reverend michael beckwith will also um be on stage dr habib sadegi i believe is going to be attending and and jumping on a panel i think is that correct I think he was calling him. I'd love to have him. Yeah. Well, not, I think Habib, you can make it. you're coming. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. The, um, rev, the rev says he's going to make a call. That's yeah. it. That's it. Um, so it's going to be amazing. I'll introduce you to Habib tomorrow and you can ask him You personally. know, and there's another so, whole thing. I know Dr. Habib. Yeah. Did you know? You knew that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, there's so many other connections. Dude, Dr. Habib him. was the doctor that I was sent to to, to maybe talk my, my ex-wife out of show that, that I had brain damage because yeah, they, they yeah. thought that she was saying he's got brain damage. He's yeah. lost his mind completely. Yeah. But she literally said brain damage. So I was at Dr. Habib's office, and he was trying to explain to her what was going on. An extraordinary man. He's amazing. I mean, he's got love. You see him, you look in his eyes. And it's Pure like, love. Yeah. He, you, you, Pure love. I remember I was talking, like, I was somewhere else, and right when I looked at him, it's almost like you go into, like, a beam of something, and you just, like, stop. You're like, whoa. He just looks at you, and you could feel it. Yeah. yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Pure love. He's yeah. a good man. Do we have any last questions, though? Sometimes we yeah, ask these challenging question. questions. Yeah, come on. Ask me some what's, challenging stuff. What's a good one? Who is, uh, if there's any musician out there that you can think of that's really inspired you the most? Or, you know, who, who would that be? That's Honestly, Coldplay. Um, okay. they, they were one of the first songs I learned. Um, I learned Viva La Vida. And Scientist was actually one of the first songs I learned. And Yellow was one of the first couple songs I learned. Um, so Coldplay, Justin Timberlake. Don't know why. I just loved his music. He's, he's talented. He's, yeah. awesome. he's very talented. Bringing sexy back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Those two really kind of kind of made a huge influence in my musical direction, um, my focus. And then Andrea Pacelli, who really inspired wow. me to Great. fight to go for it no matter what um his story's remarkable in itself chris worked on your album right you know chris was a mentor yeah he mentored me through it and kind of helped me make it happen yeah That's so you're not a huge slipknot fan pardon you're not a huge slipknot fan <laughs> no no oh actually i did like a couple of them when i was like in high school going through the <laughs> the, the, the the goth stage that's right um why'd you say that I don't know. I just came to came to. You know that, you know that uh, Adrian used to manage them. I did not know that. Yeah. But you know what I loved? I loved. Um, oh my god! Where did I? I loved. Limp Biscuit. No, 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 no. What I happened? Love... Then? Still around. You know, you know his, his ex wife. They're touring. Ksenia. I don't. This Simple plan. Just... Oh, yeah. Simple Plan. I was obsessed with You know what's so funny? Plan. I saw Simple Plan. Green Day, Simple Plan. I saw Simple oh, Plan Lincoln play Park. with... Who did I see him play with? With uh, It was... Uh, God, it was another big band, and they were great live. Oh, they were so... They, I'm, I'm t they were great. Simple Who, um, Plan. I mean, yeah, Green Day, um, Lincoln Park. Yeah, um, man. Good Rest Charlotte. In peace, good Charlotte. Um, yeah. I mean, all those guys, the, the, the late 90s, early 2000s. What about Stained? Did you like Stained? Stained was great. No, I, I love Stained. We did, I didn't, never, never really <laughs> heard from him. Yeah, yeah. Dude, just, I had a moment in Louisville that we'll talk about. But I went they to They weren't a, huge in Australia, though. I went to a music festival, and there was a bunch of bands playing. And no disrespect to Danny and any of the, the bands they had play, but there was one band I wanted to see play, and it was Stained because yeah. there's four songs that are very emotional that talk about being being proud of who you are it's and crazy. kind of you know it's very deep music, right? Aaron's a pretty deep songwriter, and I, they I'm in the backstage area eating food VIP. 
I walk out and I see the four songs. It's perfect timing, Joey. I walk out. He plays the four songs. My, and my wow. boy's kind of giving me shit. He's like, oh, that's not good. Oh, that's weak. You know, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Then we go back backstage. And Aaron comes back. And I met him a couple times in the 90s because I was around all those bands. And he gives me that look. And my boy's like, look, I told you he's weird. He's like staring at you. <laughs> and then he walks over to me. And I mean, literally, I had goosebumps. I almost cried. I FaceTimed my daughter. Like, it was amazing. Like, life-changing, amazing. And then he walks over. He goes, I know you, huh? And I'm like, yo, we had dinner with Donut at the Hard Rock. And he's like, yeah, I remember you. And then we ended up hanging out. And, and that's one of those, those, those moments. You know, like, I don't think the dude would remember me. I mean, I was probably being a mm. knucklehead, so it was hard to mm. forget. But, you know, Stain mm. was, was good. That's awesome. Yeah, but you know Aaron Lewis wrote two number one country hits, and he has a whole country career now. I like country. Yeah. I actually don't mind it. Lone Star. Zach Brown. Kind of the older. You like hey? Zach Brown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lone Star. Um, John Denver. Love John Denver. The Eagles. I mean, they were country country rock. Ish. They were ish. country rock. Yeah, yeah, mm. ish. Um, Desperado, one of my favorite songs ever. Um I mean, yeah, I liked country. Like, it, it was cool. Keith Urban was cool, but yeah. Well, thanks for having That's us so cool. and you. My man. And all of us. I love you, brother. Thank Satnam. you for coming. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. October, uh, uh, November. Oh. Satnam, no, keep going. November 15th and 16th. Be there. Don't not be there. <laughs> Don't not 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 be there, if that makes sense. That's right. See you, guys. Please don't forget to rate and subscribe to the Space Between podcast on Apple Podcast.